Hello, welcome to the podcast that never was. I'm Chris. And I'm Paige. The flick to your hopper. Oh my god, I forgot about that movie. That is a reference from A Bug's Life. It is a, a uh, classic Pixar film. Yeah. One of the originals. It's actually in my top three favorite Disney Pixar movies. Really? It is. I really enjoy it. I don't know if I would put it in my top three. It's okay. You know, that's why they have menus at, at restaurants, because different things, right? Yeah. 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 I just think Flick is so relatable, because he's like, oh, yeah. he's so downtrodden, you know. No, I can definitely agree with that. I just didn't really care much for the circus. <laughs> the caterpillar? Not really just the caterpillar, but like the rest of the circus, like the flea and the ladybug. And <laughs> yeah. Not not a perfect movie by any means. Oh, no. But uh, I guess if it was just, like just Flick and uh, the ants versus the grasshoppers, I think that would have made it a lot better for me. I will say that I think that Hopper was one of Pixar's first really good villains. Hopper was a really good villain. Yeah. Because he was scary and uh, and cool. What if a bug's life was in Kingdom Hearts? Don't don't tempt me. Don't <laughs> don't mess with my emotions. Sorry. Oh, I forgot to uh, ask you before we started the podcast. So, well, I guess this will just continue our random things before we get into it. What did, what did you think about uh, the movie you watched the other day that I recommended to you? Oh, Lady Bird? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It was, it was really good. It was really good. I love uh, Saoirse Ronan, so uh, I was really wanting to see it, Lady Bird when it was out in theaters, but I just never go to the theaters, so I missed it, and then I forgot that it was even out like on DVD or anything, and then thanks for reminding me, but... um. It yeah. was really great. I loved it. I saw it at Redbox one night, and I said, oh, yeah, I think that movie is supposed to have been really good. And then I Redboxed it, and it was really good. Oh, my good! Oh my goodness. Um, I think, of course, one of my favorite parts was, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch Lady Bird, um, was when she threw herself out of the, the car. <laughs> it's like within the first five minutes of the movie, and it just kind of sets the tone for what type of movie you're going to watch. Yes. Uh. I loved that, and I really liked how she was just, like, so much like her mom. Yeah. But, I don't know. There were a lot of really subtle things about the film that you just have to pick up on. Um, her boyfriend being gay. <laughs> when, uh, when I, I think it's so funny when she walks in on her uh, finding out the boyfriend's gay, and then the next boyfriend she chooses is a total tool bag too. Like it's just, uh, it was amazing. No, I felt so sorry for her, but like at the same time, like she, I, I at, the, at the same time I didn't feel sorry for her because of the way she treated Julie, her friend. Yeah. 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 So. I know you're a fan of cold openings. I 
I mean, I, I enjoy cold openings as well, but I enjoy co- the cold ending it gave us. It was so good. Oh, it really was. I didn't expect it. And um, I don't know. Like, I was so wrapped into the movie that when the ending came, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize that it's been like an hour and a half. Yeah. It was really good. It was really good. So, in I other words, it. go watch Radi- Lady Bird, people. It's, uh, yes. it's on Redbox. And I rented it from PlayStation. Yeah, that's where I almost did it from, too. So, yeah, there's that. Nothing Disney-related, but... No, not even no. close. <laughs> no. Quite, quite the opposite. It's, it's an indie film, right? No, it got mainstream attention. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it might have started out as like an indie film. I think it had very much so of that indie. I think it was very endearing, so that's what made it feel like an indie movie. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it just uh, had that cinematography like one. And it was very, very. Uh, the sets slash where it took place was either always the house, another house, school, or outside. So, yeah, because she went to school at a Catholic school. Yeah. Man, some of that, some of that, not to reveal too much, but some of that Catholic stuff going on in that, in that, uh, in those scenes, I was like, wow, it's very similar to my church. <laughs> Did you get a little triggered? I got a little triggered. <laughs> so I was like, I'm supposed to be off tonight. <laughs> it was like going to work. Oh my god. Except I was watching a movie. So Yeah, when the when it was at the opening and uh they were doing the the communion. Yeah. It was just like going to your Christmas service. Yeah, it was uh, my I work at a very a church that's a very high church, so it's it's Catholic light as I often tell people. So it's uh, it was very anytime something Catholic shows up I I immediately think back to my job, but, um, you know, which is neither here nor there, but, but anyway, so all that to say, did you watch life after, after Beth yet? Life after Beth. You told me you wanted to watch it a couple of, uh, when I went to visit you and then they just put it on Netflix and I watched it and it was really good. I don't have Netflix. I thought you said you got Netflix. No, I didn't. Well, well, you know I can fix that. Well, you gotta send it to me. Well, you gotta remind me. You know how I work. Also, we can't admit to this on the air because, you know. Anyway, not that I would ever do that ever, because yes, Netflix. Not that we would ever share logins. Yes, so it's important that I am not incriminating myself. Right. It's just that you can tell me. How to sign up for Netflix. Correct. (laughs) So anyway, before we get in trouble with the law, let's get into our topic today, which is Luxord. Mm -hmm. So if you're sly, you kind of picked up last week that we were going to be talking about him this week. Yeah. Good old Lux. So a little bit different um, from what we were doing previously because we were doing our series we're just taking a 
short break, since our Kingdom Hearts 2 rewrite is uh, longer than our other ones. Yeah, at least more time-consuming, I would say. I think mine's actually going to be the shortest one I've written. written. Really? I think so. But um, but I think it's because Kingdom Hearts 2 is such a culmination of so many things. I think it's the one that you have to pay the most attention to detail in. Um, so I think it's taking me longer to write it. But I think that it's actually going to be fairly shorter than my last couple. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, Luxord is, uh, we like to speculate a lot on this podcast. And Luxord lends himself to a lot of speculation. He does. He's uh, unfortunately one of the few remaining characters in the organization that we don't know anything about. Yeah, I'd say that at this point, the three the three that we're likely to maybe never get an origin with or like backstories because three is coming up unless Luxord, Larxian, and Dimix all get you know, explored in those. And of course, no, who knows? No more could be telling the truth, and Larium could be Larium, and Marluxia's not tied to him, and in which case, Marluxia is in that category as well. But I, I would hedge my bets and say Marluxia's tied to, to Larium. But you know, I will, I will riot if Mar- if Nomura is actually telling the truth for one. I mean, it would be frustrating because it would be so dumb. (laughs) I mean, but whatever. Uh, So time that he's not just being an asshole. Right. So, I mean, at this point, I'm going to assume that Larium is Marluxia or some form or whatever. So, and that at this point, it looks like Luxor, Demix, and Larxene are the ones that need to be filled in the gray areas. Yeah, so we've uh, kind of filled in some of those gray areas for you. And it looks like we're not the only ones who are along the same line of thinking this. No, there's actually a lot of people who agree and or have a uh, similar train of thought with Luxord and the theory behind what his backstory is. So um, without further ado, we're just going to, I guess, jump into it unless you have anything else you want to say. Nah. Alright. So, um, the theory is, uh, Luxord, uh, is he related to Anson the Wise? And if so, how is he related to Anson the Wise? A lot of people tend to think that he is in some form or fashion. Um, what we like to do is we like to start with Luxord and what we know of him as fact. And then work our way up from there. And sort of build it as a foundation theory yeah i'm gonna take the the first part and i can sure. take the objectively worst part sure. so uh, luxord and what we know of him so uh not much is known of luxord's origins so for the sake of theory we'll we have to be between the lines uh, starting with what we know about him physically luxord and Anson the wise bear a striking physical resemblance as we stated in the Larian Marluxia theory, Nomura does not like coincidence with appearances. This theory uh, that I'm referencing was briefly brought upon uh, in our first episode. So Luxor is also very intelligent, or at least he has this air of intelligence about him. This can be deduced by the accent given to him in the English translation of the game and his choice of words towards Sora when speaking of the Grim Reaper Heartless in Port Royal. He says, a veritable maelstrom of avarice. 
perhaps he's taunting Sora, but at the same time it demonstrates some form of higher intelligence than most give him credit for. The accent is a point of interest to me, as accents aren't often given to characters in translation without a purpose. Usually when voice actors are chosen for translations, they are chosen to match the character and the original voice actor from the language, and in this case, Japanese. Lord's Japanese voice actor wasn't accented, from what I could tell. I'm not a native Japanese speaker, nor am I fluent in language. In fact, in fact, it's not the Asian language I'm even studying. So feel free to disregard this entirely, but compared to other voice actors I've heard from the original audio, he sounded rather normal. So why make the decision to give Luxor's English voice an accent? Unless Claire knew something we didn't, which is possible, there's not much of anything to go on other than saying it was a stylistic choice. Artistic freedom, if you will. But the accent is important to the theory, I believe. Lastly, an interesting tidbit, uh, Lux means light in Latin. If uh, Luxord is Ansem's son, or nephew, or cousin, however he's related, uh, it would be interesting, though the X is added during his time in the organization, and it would make this point moot. Or as uh, Joey from Friends would say, it's moo. It's moo. It's moo. <laughs> it's the cow's opinion. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's moo. <laughs> you know, it's really funny to me that you really didn't care much for Friends growing up, but now that it's back on Netflix, you just love it so much. Watch it about every night. I can tell. Friends, Friends is kind of like some people have a comfort food. That's what Friends is to me. It's it's very, I don't know, something about it is very like, oh, I've had a bad day. I'll watch Friends. So, um, yeah. After I listen to my Kesha, Miley Cyrus, Iggy Azalea playlist, that's what I'll do. So, Anson the Wise, what we know of him. Speaking of Kesha, moving on to the next Kesha of the Kingdom Hearts universe. Uh, oh my God. He ruled over Radiant Garden for an unknown reason and seemed mostly only concerned with keeping that world from falling to darkness while teaching the six under his wing. He is clearly a hard man towards the people with, uh, with whom he shows few amounts of grace to the likes of Sora, Riku, the King, and so on, while showing less grace towards others, Namine, Roxas, Enzo, Zemnus, so on, Zemnus slash Xehanort. He was willing to trust his closest students with his findings and even asked for their assistance upon nursing Terranort back to health. Ansem let him live in the castle, showing compassion for people with amnesia. <laughs> that seems like a very uh, odd thing to add, but I don't know which one of us added that, but I like the how specific it is. Um, you wrote this part. Okay. He bonded with King Mickey, forming a deep friendship that helped heal his heart in times of stress. However, he could be stern given he yelled at Xehanort for trying to continue their taboo experiments. After being banished by the nobodies of his apprentice, Ansem became consumed by hatred, though still retained his uh, dedication to protecting the worlds. Because of his apprentices, he held a strong prejudice against nobodies, seeing them as nothing but an empty existence taking up space. This is shown by his use of the term witch to describe nominate. His refusal to allow Roxas to know the truth about his existence, saying that a nobody doesn't have the right to know, nor does it even have a right to be. After his encounter with Sora and his friends, Ansem began to see how much he had hurt others in his quest for vengeance and how greatly he was affected 
was by laughing at Riku. What? <laughs> Introduction of Ansem as himself as Ansem? I forgot that that was a thing. Uh, to mask the pain he felt for causing him to go as so far to awaken Sora. Repenting for what he had done, Ansem was willing to give his life to make amends, wishing to to stay with his encoder as it exploded. I forgot that Ansem's so freaking weird that he laughed at, at the thing that happened with Riku. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot that, too. I tried to block out the Ansem scenes. Yeah, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Well, so, so far this is a... Uh, Canonly, what we know of Ansem the Wise and Luxord. Um, from here, uh, the theory will be built upon the foundation of fact. So we've got quite a bit of a theory going in, and then we'll just kind of, you know, free discussion. Free discussion. Yep. So, how does this information correlate? We know that everyone in Kingdom Hearts in Kingdom Hearts 2 that are organization members that are still um, so at the castle that never was are all members of Hearts of Darkness minus Luxord, uh, or is he? But that's not the point of this video, or uh, podcast. But Luxord remaining at the castle means he must be more important to the story than we realized, and we do encounter him right after Ansem. Perhaps all of the organization were at one time or another in Radiant Garden. One of the biggest differences is that Luxor did not care to talk to Sora. Perhaps that's because of one of the fondness uh, Ansem had for him. He just masked it as not feeling the need to address Roxas. That was meant to sound like a question, not that I was confused reading it. Huh. Yeah, because it's we're shown that Luxor was very friendly with Roxas in days. Yeah, so... There's a lot of things that um, really point to it being very um, intentional yet mysterious as to how the timing was with Luxord and Ansem at the castle. Yeah. That's true. Um, so Luxor definitely has to play a bigger role than we know. Us fighting him after Ansem and not mentioning Ansem or the attack Ansem made against this, uh, them seems weird. That's something you would mention, one would assume, right? Either way, Luxor not wanting to talk to Sora seems to me more likely that it has to do with Roxas than anything else. He seemed fond of Roxas for some reason. They got along in days, but wouldn't call it friendship. Luxor didn't seem to care for Sora at all, but didn't seem to particularly hate him either. Mostly apathetic towards him. I think this is more obvious in Port Royal. He seems to view his role in things, as well as Sora's as pawns, both being used by a king for opposing sides. Uh, and after being defeated and fading, he only addressed Roxas, not limiting his death at all. Almost as if he knew it was not the end for him, he seemed more frustrated with Roxas than anything. Which is weird, because Luxord viewed life as a game, and he loves to win games, we assume, unless he just enjoys losing. He lost the most important game, so why not mention dying or losing the game, or why only mention Roxas? Does this have to do with Ansem, too? An interesting thing to compare is that Ansem spent a lot of time trying to quote-unquote win Roxas over. So maybe Luxord saw this more of him losing the game for Roxas, if you will. Seeing that Roxas was won over for the heroes for good. Uh, now being part of Sora. 
Does that mean Luxord's a part of the Hearts of Darkness? You know, it makes sense if he's connected to Anselm for the Hearts of Darkness to want him. And, you know, that would explain why he was at the castle and never was at the end of the game. Well, it seems that I mean, that would mean Luxord was destined to die. Um, which would imply that, in theory, there's a bigger role for Luxord to come via Nomura. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe most of them will die, you know, but Luxor being predestined for death, um, that definitely seems like something that would happen in the series. Yeah. It seems like, uh, that with the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, we all but confirmed, I mean, of course, there could be the chance that Luxor's not Norded, because... We're not quite sure what it means for the ones that retain their hair color. If they're just very early in the Nording stage or if they're just given into the darkness or how that works. But what we do know is that Luxord returns and is looking for a box. We don't know what box that is. It could be the Pirates of the Caribbean 3 box with David Jones' heart. Or it could be, you know, the Master of Maxters box. Yeah, so... Luxord being part of the Hearts of Darkness um, is almost canon at this point. Um, the, of course, there's always that gray line that we're walking with the uh, the new organization theory, but it the poor guy is just really getting the shaft with how they're portraying him. So it doesn't look good for him, but. I think we got a little bit off track because um, we actually didn't uh, talk about the theory as to how he's related to Ants and the Wise. We just sort of built upon the uh, strangeness of the coincidence with uh, Ants and the Wise. Yeah, being at uh, the castle that never was. Yeah. So a little bit off track, but it's all right. Um, I think the... Luxord being in the Hearts of Darkness definitely uh, plays into the Ants and the Wise theory, though. And I also feel like that we kind of knew this going into it. Luxord seemed the most confirmed, even just what we knew about two to be a member of the Hearts of Darkness. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because with Nomura saying that Luxord is his favorite, you would think that he would treat him a little bit better. It is frustrating, even though we've laid out some reasons to why he would want to skip the formalities, it's frustrating to me that you would write a character in such a way where you don't want to give them depth, even where, like, vocally, Zaldin made an impression in two more than Luxord because he was there manipulating things and saying things and being a part of, you know, the dialogue, whereas Luxord feels more like a background mini mini game, you know? Yeah, and... Luxord, even if, he, you know, we could have kept the let's skip the formalities if Luxord had been more of a present villain during his time in Port Royal, like Zaldin was in Beast Castle. Right. So we still could have had that let's skip the formalities if he would have been more vocal and present, but he wasn't. So what are we, what are we thinking as far as how he's related to Ansem? So, um... It's actually one of my uh, more favorite theories just because of how, I don't want to say absurd, but because of how 
convoluted it can get. I guess that's the word. Um, it's fun to speculate it. Um, I think that he is either his nephew or his cousin. Um, I've seen people say it's his son, but that seems a little too far-fetched. I think brother is the one that seems too far-fetched for me. I would really? si- I would sign up for son before I would sign up for brother. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I feel like Luxor does have the appearance of a young man. I would place him in his 30s, but 30 is still young. Um, and Lux and, and Ansem the Wise has the appearance of a definitely an aged man. So I could see him in his 60s, and you could call that son. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Xemnas is in his 30s in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. And Xemnas um, is confirmed to be the oldest among them. Yeah. I mean, we don't know Zigbar's age, but Zigbar <laughs> looking good. Yeah, he's looking looking like a real daddy. <laughs> I saw a post on Tumblr uh, the other day that said, um, you guys, if Kingdom Hearts came out today, you'd be calling people like Xemnas, Zigbar... Uh, Syax and Zald and Daddy, but because it came out in 2002, you love your little emo boys like Roxas and Axel and Riku. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with the emos. Don't don't you dare get me started. I felt personally attacked. Okay, good. Good. Emos forever. <laughs> uh. But, so, yeah, the um, Luxord and Anthem the Wise thing. One of the things that is also really interesting about the castle attack and him being in the Hearts of Darkness is the fact that uh, in the theory, Luxord was actually uh, imprisoned by Ansem, the wise, almost at Seeker of Darkness. <laughs> oh, the more is two favorites. I hate that. Yeah, I, I do not enjoy that Ansem, Seeker of Darkness is his favorite character of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it makes it difficult, but I will persist. Say lobby. Say lobby. <laughs> yeah, we think that in our theory of how I'm not necessarily married to one way how Luxord is related to Anson the Wise, but I do think that he's, he is related to him in some way because it seems that they share, like we mentioned earlier, quite the resemblance. They both have. I think Ansem the the wise has a little bit of a obviously a deeper <laughs> accent than Luxor does. Luxor's is very pronounced, but again, he's older, so of course he would have a deeper one than Luxor. Um, and the idea is one of the things that I like is the idea of him being framed as more of a gambling man than he actually was. Like the idea of Luxord uh, being framed and being put inside of the, whether that means we know they did experiments on the residents of Radiant Garden, whether that means Luxord was among them or not. I like the idea of him being kind of being tossed in, in there and then forgotten about by Ansem the Wise. Yeah, and that would um, give a lot more depth to his character, especially if he was framed as a gambling man to um, have him lean into that 
persona of the fate and the cards and the oh everything's a game and because he's really heavily into it and days and into and everything almost you know an unnatural amount so so many of the organizations have their own quirks or gimmicks but no none of them go harder with it than luxord yeah and it's it's almost to the point to where it's not even just a shtick. It's, it's like... It's yeah. literally him. Yeah. So it would make a lot of sense if that was what he was framed for. And then, you know, just like, oh, well, if this is what you guys are going to paint me to be, then fine. That's what I'll be. Yeah. Yeah. So it would do a lot for his character to have that and it would also do a lot for uh, ansem as well to help solidify him as the bad guy because he almost kind of gets a redemption arc but it's not quite a redemption arc it just makes no sense to me i'll say i actually have no qualms with ansem's arc because if it would have ended as a redemption arc then i would have had a qualm with it but the fact that he's in the realm of darkness with aqua gives me a little bit of hope that he will end up being painted as the villain that he really is Mm, yeah, I, I forgot that he just wasn't straight dead. Yeah, yeah. If he was straight dead, I'd be like, yeah, he didn't earn that. But, <laughs> but the fact that I'm pulling for him to get norted, if I'm being honest, I I love the the poetic justice of him being being norted and essentially becoming what he hates. And that's another thing with the theory is that um, Luxord ends up being norted and joining the Hearts of Darkness to. Uh, actually get revenge on Ansem the Wise. Because he wasn't but, able to at that castle that never was. Mm-hmm. So, but then Ansem the Wise is, of course, um, a part of that darkness, the Hearts of Darkness, in some shape or form, and Luxord tragically cannot escape him. It's kind of like if Larkseen, I think we did how we would write them, right? Is that when we did? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like when Larkseen would be stuck there with Syax, Luxor would be stuck there with Ansem. Yeah, it's really tragic for poor Luxor, but it would add a lot more depth to his character, and it would do them both favors. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think adding the, the idea of them being related does make sense because uh, Namora seems to favor the Ansem slash Xehanorts a lot and he favors Luxord openly and it just seems like a missed opportunity if it doesn't go that route. Yeah, it just, there's a lot of things that could lean towards it and it makes a lot of sense to go those ways with these characters. Yeah. What would you do if you were in Namora's situation? I mean, obviously we've already talked about how we would write them, but every with everything that we've talked about thus far in this episode. I think ideally in, in you know, it would have to be Kingdom Hearts 3 now, but in Kingdom Hearts 3 you would want to... I like the idea of having a different members of Hearts of Darkness be reoccurring throughout every world, so that way they each get their time, because holy crap, there's a lot of characters that's going to be in this game. Um, and so I, I think you would have to establish it fairly early on that Luxord is 
after some sort of game to get revenge. And that Ansem reveal could be a really cool reveal, so you save that, I think, until... That's a good... I wouldn't want that at the end of the game because I don't really care that much about Ansem the Wise. But it's a good mid-game to go, holy crap, anything can really happen if you go, oh yeah, and now we don't need Ansem the Wise anymore. So Luxord's going to go on this expedition spill about how Ansem has caused him so many injustice, and then we see Luxord kill him. I think that would be cool if, if, or, you know, the Kingdom Hearts version of Kill, whatever that looks like. So, um, and maybe it is Kill. I don't know. They killed Vexen. So, um, so I think that's how you do it is you do make, you do want there to be some suspense and you want it to be like, oh no, Ansem Seeker, Ansem the Wise is, he's one of us. And then Luxord's like, yeah, boy, you wrong. And, you know, ideally Luxord gets a lot to do, but that's kind of my general thoughts on it. You? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I would definitely agree with that. Um, I would want the reveal to, like you said, not really come uh, pretty quickly, but somewhere along the middle of the game. Um, obviously, Ansem would be somewhere in their own darkness with Aqua, so it'd probably happen after you get Aqua out, or I guess when you go back for Aqua, because you're probably not going to get her out the first time you go in. I assume, I just hope, judging by the way that we've seen the trailers. I hope that's not true. I hope you go in and you get her out the first time. I hope so too, but just judging by what we've seen, um, I would assume you go in a second time, so you'd probably get the handsome reveal the second time. Um, maybe he's the reason that she's turned to darkness, or I hope not, but... I don't think she's norted, so I don't I don't feel confident saying that he norted her. Um, but so you get that handsome reveal, and then um, you get Aqua out. You he almost comes out, but um, you guys take her back, and then uh, you're telling Yin Sid about you know handsome or whatever in the realm of darkness, and Yin Sid's all lamenting the. Oh, great ants from the wise is yeah, given into the darkness, but oh, uh, Luxord comes and attacks looking for the box. We get that big spiel. Yeah, I think something else that would be cool is if, uh, and this would be this would be neat is if. Maybe instead of getting to Aqua in the Realm of Darkness within the first 10% of the game, maybe you get to her in like the first 20% and you get recurring cutscenes of Ansem uh, the Wise and her just sitting on the shore and just him spewing out a bunch of dialogue and exposition and backstories. And amongst that would be his history with Luxord. I think that would be cool too, especially if it's narrating it over time where you're encountering Luxord at different worlds. That would be cool. So I don't, I don't know if Namora would do that, but that'd be really cool. I think I think it'd be cool, and I, I doubt he would do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Any other thoughts or things we have on Luxord? Uh, no. It's a. Uh, you're right. It's a really short episode. So. To supplement and add a little extra time, I have some wacky things that I Googled if you want to go through a couple of those. That's fine with me. Okay. So I have the top 
Kingdom Hearts 3 theories from the gamer. And then I have some Kingdom Hearts 3 questions that we can kind of talk about. Okay. Ready? Yeah. We're going to start with theories. Sora is responsible for the creation of Namine becoming her own person. What do we think? Am I guessing that this is a real theory? Is this like a true or false? I mean, this is a real theory, but what do you think about that theory? Do you think it'll happen? Do you like it? Like, oh. that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. That just sounds strange to me. It almost sounds like a fan fiction. Yeah. Um, I, I, my thoughts were it sounds a little too simple. A little too simple for Namora. I mean, like, how is he responsible for that? When when did Sora get that power? It's one of Sora's uh, many powers. Well? The power of friendship. Well, yeah. Huh. What do you think? Well, I, I think it just sounds simple. I don't like it, uh, personally. I like the idea of the scientists being involved in freeing Roxas and Nominate. Slash Shion, I don't know if they're going to retcon her back or how that works. Uh, she'll probably get, honestly, I think a cameo, like, just a passing mention. I hope so. It would be frustrating to retcon her back because, like, no, you guys really screwed her up. So. You, yeah, like, you don't get that redemption. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but she's not coming back. Yeah. So, so you think it's too fanficy, and I think it's too simple? Yeah, it really just sounds like a fanfiction I would have written, like, you know, six years ago. Hey, you said your fanfiction's better now. They're, six years ago, I said. Okay. Now they are better. All right, next one, Xehanort's Riku's father. Hey, don't crush my dreams. You want that? No, I'm obviously joking. Oh. 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 I was hoping to get a chuckle from you. Uh, you want that? No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. What do What do we think about that? I've heard that before, honestly. It's so prevalent. The original theory back in the day for you youngins was that uh, Tara is Kyrie's dad. So, but then that one got confirmed. When did that one get confirmed? By me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well for people who like us who have been here forever who remember that theory yeah that, um, that one's more fun to me than Xehanort's Riku's father wait you know it wasn't Terry it was uh, scientist Xehanort oh yeah that's what but it was but same person so I mean with Xehanort yeah basically yeah but Xehanort, as in Master Xehanort, is Riku's dad. So, so I'm what, sorry, Riku. Yeah. I don't have any warm feelings on that one. No, it's just so weird to me. Um, there's, like, I've never seen any evidence, but it's so, like you said, so prevalent. Yeah. I mean, if it happened, I would probably roll my eyes unless it was written masterfully. Unless <laughs> it was written masterfully. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's not going to happen, but at the same time, if it did, just whatever, Nomura. Good call. Not Definitely not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, this next one I've actually never seen before. 
Zaynord is another host for the Master of Masters. Oh, another? <laughs> There's more than one? Apparently so. <laughs> I missed that in the backstory, back cover. So, okay, well, I need to hear this theory. <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't read the, the little synopsis for any of the other ones because they were pretty self-explanatory, but this one says this is a little wild. So brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the master of masters himself is the is hosting the body of Xehanort. So I guess by proxy, all Xehanort incarnations? I don't know how that works. Anyway, the road to this conclusion of is long and convoluted, uh, but as his best bit of truth comes from side, some dialogue in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Xehanort says to Terran that he swore he would survive to see the end of the Keylade War. Oh, snap. And points out that Xehanort wasn't alive for uh, the, before the Keyblade War. She also points out that the Master of Masters Keyblade exists in young Xehanort's time. Well, yeah, because young Xehanort is a Xehanort. Xehanort would, uh, would have no reason to have sworn the existence to live beyond the Keyblade War. Finally, he points out that the members in the organization had names that were given anagrams with an X. I think that is stretching it because the X has always been prevalent, but whatever. The uh, X was Zemnus's idea. Yep. Uh, well, technically Xehanort's, because he's... I mean, Xehanort's in this, because Xehanort tracks them all with the X, but I don't know how that works. So Xehanort uh, <laughs> could have... He has mastery of all, all things X. So XXX probably has a field day. Um, oh Xehanort could have uh, have had this X added as well as the remaining letters to form interesting words. No heart. And another. Yeah, what do you think? So... Xehanort's comment in Birth by Sleep, when he says that he's going to live to see the end of the Keyblade War, I just assumed he meant the one that he's going to start. See, that's what I thought, too. Is the, I thought he meant the one to come. Yeah, because he can see the future. With Yeah, with the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't buy that. Do you buy that? No, I like the theory, because it's kooky, but... <laughs> I like the idea of the Master of Masters being able to disembody himself and move and, like, host other bodies. That's cool. That just gives Zigbar even more power. <laughs> Fair. That he does not need. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like it too, but let's, let's not make him even more powerful than he already is. Fair. The next one is, I think, very prevalent. The box contains the heart of the Master of Masters. I think we believe this to a degree. Yeah, we, we've, like, speculated in our original episode of What's in the Box um, <laughs> got deleted, so yeah. you guys look forward to that, um, but... That's one of the leading ones, is it could it very well could be the heart of the Master of Masters. There's a few different things that could be in it, and the heart is definitely one of them, which leads even more into what Luxord is looking for, if the box he's looking for actually has a heart in it, like, whoa! Yeah. I'm convinced that it's Davy Jones. Um, I am too, but I mean, if not, <laughs> and it is the box with the Master Master's was hard in it, then you go Nomura. Yeah, I'll be I'll be excited if that's really what it turns out to be. If yeah, B- big if, big if. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. The Station of Awakening is Kingdom Hearts itself. You know, we've both heard this one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't like it, and I don't buy it, because we've been inside Kingdom Hearts to fight Zemnis. 
Yeah. Even if it wasn't a complete Kingdom Hearts, it was still Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and there was no stained glass. At all. I like the idea of explaining what a sta- what the Station of Awakening is in continuity, but I always thought that the Station of Awakening in continuity was inside of your heart. I did too. So not inside Kingdom Hearts, but inside your own heart. I thought it was like to mark the beginning of the journey. Yeah. So in and to do that, you had to go reflect inwardly. Yeah. So that made the most sense to me, and I always thought that was like the unspoken rule of the Station of Awakening. But uh, this one's really prevalent as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm with you. I'm not crazy about it being because then it almost feels like, oh my gosh, it was a dream all along, and you know, it feels like one of those we know what Kingdom Hearts is all about all along when. Really, when Zemnis tried to unleash it, we saw that it was a bunch of bad news. So that yeah, it was a whole lot of bad news. <laughs> and so, like, maybe that's just because Zemnis was the one unleashing it. Maybe it's different when a good guy unleashes it. I don't know, but I like the mystery of not knowing. So I don't want us to it just be like, oh yeah, it's what marks a hero's journey. It's like, no, that's that's stupid. That's. It would be really lame if when bad guys try to unleash it, or quote unquote bad guys. The only bad guy that thus far I've seen, like, actually try to unleash it has been. Okay, that's a gray area. Anyways, <laughs> um, it'd be stupid if, like, when Zemnish tries to unleash it, you get all that bad news. And then when, like, Riku or someone tries to open it, it's a station of awakening. You're like, well, where's my epicness? Yeah, it's, something about this doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not here for that theory. No, it would. You would have to have something equally as dangerous. Right, right. Um, next one. Kingdom Hearts 3 will include Star Wars and Marvel Worlds. Um, that has not been confirmed, and I sincerely hope that it does not. Let's let's start with one and we'll move on to the other. Also, I'm pretty sure this has been debunked. Um, but I think one of the producers came out and said we don't have the license to to Marvel Worlds. I don't think they spoke on Star Wars, but uh, so how would you feel if they introduced Star Wars? Um, not good. Yeah, I wouldn't really want it either. I, I just don't want the argument of could a Keyblade beat a lightsaber? Yeah. I mean, I just, we already found that, out that it could. He beat Zemnis. <laughs> yeah, is that real place? <laughs> I just yeah that's just a can of worms I don't want to open because I don't care enough about Star Wars to get into that argument yeah what about Marvel um I really hope not either because I don't care to get into the argument is if a Keyblade could go up against the worst hammer yeah I also think something would be very jarring about Spider-Man swinging around and then you're sort of running on the ground, and it's just like, this two worlds don't really mesh well. No. The, um... I was thinking back to when Sora was in Port Royal in this PlayStation 2. It would look weird like that. Yeah. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. So... No, I, I hope not. Um, 
if we're going to do anything like that, I would hope that we do something more um, Disney and fun or more Square Enix and fun. I'm, I'm okay if controversial opinion, I'm okay if Square Enix doesn't show back up with their Final Fantasy characters in this game. I mean... Other than the Coliseum, I think it'd be sick to fight, like, Zack and then you restore him. That'd be cool. Don't get me started on Zack right now. Just, I'm just saying. I love Zack. Or if, like, you... I'll, I'll say this. I don't want mundane Final Fantasy characters in there. Like, Leon's cool, but I don't want more of just, let's go back to Hollow Bastion or Redding Garden and talk to Leon for the seventh time. <laughs> I just don't want that. I don't blame you. Um, I'm really pulling for, in the Coliseum, that we get the Chocobros. Yeah. That would be, I feel like that would be a really good place to introduce them, especially if um, in your original, how you would write Kingdom Hearts 3, um, the Chocobros were fighting for Noctis and Luna. Yeah. Like, that would, that would just tug at my heartstrings. It would be, it would be, I feel like the costume lends itself very well to the Final Fantasy franchise. Because every Final Fantasy is tragic. Like, I have not played a Final Fantasy that had a happy ending since Ten Two. That's not true. Think, I mean, even that one didn't end well. But uh, it, it did. <laughs> uh, no, it it was the most tragic ending. But oh my god, because Titus is alive. Yeah, but don't worry, he ends up cheating on her. So no, he doesn't. It's he leaves her. Um, <laughs> so so anyway, I think the happiest one has to be Vincent's game. You know, it's all it's all raves, sunshines, and. Why would you say that? That's probably the most oppressive one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For anyone who hasn't played Nurse or Cerberus, don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just don't. Don't even put yourself through that heartache. It's fun, though. You get to see Nero. He's like the him and his brother are like the best parts of the game, along with Vincent, Vice. obviously. Vice? Yeah. They're, they're, Vice was cool. They're pretty cool. They're like the emo Marley and Sexian. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Dirge of Cerberus was great. I still have it. I haven't beaten it again. I'm at the end. I just haven't gone through the final bit. Well, getting back to our uh, yes. our last theory before we get to our crazy questions. In Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora will become a heartless to gain the power of time travel. What do you think? If you would have said Heart of Darkness, I would have said yes. But you said heartless, so right? no. Right? Right. Yeah. He's already became a heartless once. We can't have two Roxases. I agree. I mean, they could barely keep up with one. Yeah. All right, moving on to our questions. We only got a couple of these. Wait, yeah. You didn't tell me what you thought. Oh, I think it's bogus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> our first question is: This isn't a theory. This is a question. Is the Master of Masters the first nobody? I've, I've seen that question. I've seen that question, and then I've seen, is Strelitzia the first nobody? 
Okay. And I think that they're both really strange questions. I think that Streletsia definitely died. Um, because to me, if a nobody has, I don't. It just seems to me that to become a nobody, the heartless have to be there. And the Heartless were, like, specifically stated to have been created around the time of Xehanort. Yeah. So that should be a no. Like, they, they, that, that, they should be, that's, the answer should be no to that question. Yeah. I think Strelitzia definitely died, and the Master of Masters is definitely not involved with specifically the creation of nobodies. I think it's cool to have one of them be like the grandfather of it. It's just they didn't write the story to lend itself to that, and you would have to retcon. So I don't, I don't want that to be the case. It would have been cool if they had thought about that, but they just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think it's fun to wonder that. Another thing is that um, that needs to be cleaned up for continuity's sake. Is in uh, Union Cross that we're fighting Heartless, but Heartless shouldn't exist at this time. Yeah. I don't like, know. We should be fighting. We should even be fighting on first. Like, we should be fighting something else. Yeah, Venus isn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Ready? Ready. Will Ventus Terranaqua die in Kingdom Hearts 3? What do we think? Some form of the three. If you had to put money on it right now, not how we would write it, what do you think? Do you think all three dies, one dies, two dies, and who? Um, two, Terra and Aqua. So, okay, so you think that's actually what they're going to do? Yes, I do. Okay. okay. Terra is, like, at least 90% sure. Yeah, Terra's a goner. I think the thing that could keep Aqua alive is her fanfare, which we saw Vaxel is not a great reason to keep a character alive. Yeah. Um, I think Vin is almost guaranteed to move on because of his his story from Union Cross. But Namor might pull a a switcher and be like, "That's not really Vin." I mean, he might. Yeah, he might go. That's Vin's great, 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 great grandfather. It was also named Ventus. Wow. He's not named. Ventus wasn't really named Ventus. He was named Vin all along. So his grandfather was the one named Ventus. Oh it's God. like, what? Um, yeah, I think Terra is the only guaranteed death, truly. Yeah. Um, we'll see about Aqua and what happens there. Um, will Castle Oblivion ever be restored to Land of Departure? No. I think no as well. Um, that would require Aqua living. Well, I think even more than that, it would either require Aqua living or someone with the capability of the magic of Aqua. And the and the in the franchise, the only person we see that would be Xehanort, and Xehanort's not about to restore Land of Departure. So, yeah. so, so I mean, it just doesn't. And also, I feel like Castle Oblivion lends itself to further stories. Yeah, it, I like it that Castle Oblivion is like this testament to what happened. Yeah. Not only to what happened in Birth by Sleep, but to 
monument, if you will. Yeah, yeah, definitely a living monument. All right, let's see. Let's 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 see. Did you lose your place? Yeah, I'm trying to find my questions. Oh man. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Will Pete and Maleficent be the ones to find the box? I don't think so. Um, I actually think they're going to get written off like pretty closely to the beginning. Yeah, I think I think that Pete and Maleficent are lucky if they make it past through thirty percent of the game. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna do good. There's too much other characters to fit in. So, all right, here's the next one. Will Shion end up with Riku or Axel? Okay, that's a matter of opinion and shipping. No, no, this is important that we answer this question. <laughs> I, <laughs> Axel? I, I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to go Axel, too. Yeah. All right. Well, does does Bragg, the question is Bragg, does Bragg have a different agenda? Yes. Yeah. We knew that? Yeah, we think so. Yeah, like, but we, like, confidently knew that. Yeah, yeah, true. But I'm glad we're not the only ones thinking it, you know, so that's good. That's true. I see a lot of people actually say that. Yeah, because he even says it as a break. He's like, I've got my own plans, but this will do for now. And all that That's jazz. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. How omnipresent are the multiple Xehanorts? I feel like this is a can of worms. Oh my god, that really is. <laughs> um, I'm going to say very, and then <laughs> leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> um, which which ones, though? I mean, it seems like Xehanort is the one that knows, like, all the... Like, what's... Because he's the one furthest along in its timeline, so he obviously knows all the transpiring. So what about young Xehanort? I feel like... But he also has the Keyblade, so he can, like, see into the same things that Xehanort can. So I feel like those two are the omnipresent ones. Because they both just see up to the start of the Keyblade War. True that, true that. Because not even Xehanort knows how it's going to turn out. I mean, you know, his ego says he wins, but... Yeah. Um, will all of the uh, boss battles be of the scale of the, of the Rock Titan from the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer? No. Yeah, almost undoubtedly no. That's a special thing. Also, could you imagine fighting like a something that sized of Xehanort? Yes. <laughs> uh, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll it'll happen. I yeah, I almost feel certain we're gonna get an epic uh, Xehanort battle to where it's too large for life. 
I mean, he did it with Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, and he did it with Zemnus, so it seemed like a safe bet. Uh, um, yeah, that was it. That's our last. That's our last question on this forum. Okay. Well, let me see if I have any theories. I usually have a bunch in my uh, inbox here. I think that that Axel and Shion and Riku one was. I think that was the most intense one. <laughs> Seriously. That's great. So, um, <clears throat> Kingdom Saurus Heart says, what if in Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora starts carrying Xehanort within his heart, and this time it's a prison? Hearts a prison? Yeah. Like you defeat Xehanort and he's trapped in your heart? Yeah. Nah, I'm going to say they need to clean ending for Xehanort finally. I don't need any remnants of Xehanort running around. If you want to save one, save Xemnas. I agree. That's, that's, that's my, my thoughts on it. I'm also extremely biased to Xemnas. So. Yeah, I don't dis... I mean, I really do like Master Xehanort and young Xehanort. And I just think Xemnas, he's just the coolest of them. Giant <laughs> yeah, I mean, Young Xehanort shouldn't be a thing, but <laughs> who asked me? People, people who listen to you talk about Young Xehanort will be very confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So I have uh, another one from the Final Key 16. Okay. says, uh, their friend pointed out that in the very first trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, they see Sora picking up Ericus's Keyblade. Um, but why Eric's Keyblade? Why not Aqua or Vim's? Because Aqua knew this was going to happen and that Sora was her only hope. So she sent her Keyblade away so that Xehanort wouldn't be able to get to the one person she was still trying to protect. Also, an important moment to remember is from the opening scene in a fragmentary passage. It's her giving Sora the necessary means to save Ventus. Is that like, is that their theory? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. And I'll send you the photo of uh, Sora with the Keyblade. I mean, I've definitely seen Sora with Erica's Keyblade. Um, I've seen people wonder about it, but I don't know how Aqua would have Erica's Keyblade. I've never seen Aqua with Erica's Keyblade. So that part, I'm not quite sure where they infer that. Uh. I mean, truly, my answer to that is, good question. <laughs> it's truly why Sora has Ericus's Keyblade. I mean, I don't know. Eric, We know Ericus is inside the heart of Terra. That's that's all we know. I, I like the idea of maybe young Xehanort taunting Sora with it. But... I don't really have any solid ideas on how we got it. You? No. Um, and it's never been referenced again. I I think that Namora made a mistake and he tried to cover it up. Or maybe it was just one of those classic promotional things. 
where it's like, yeah, we're acknowledging Eric is still a thing. Yeah, like, it, it could be a number of things, and we may have to honestly wait to see what it is. I I like Ericus. I'm intrigued by it, but also it's not something I care to break my back's theorizing over. Yeah. So, but good question, Mr. Dude. Uh, or girl. Or girl. Or lamp, I don't know. Whatever you identify as, as I do get these from Tumblr. So let's see. Um, there's a theory about eye colors. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, Gear Tree Commission says, you're not seeing incorrectly. His eyes are green. Theory. I've seen a lot of things here and there about Sora's eyes look different than they usually do. I've seen some people say it's still a work in progress, while others say it's lighting or something to that extent. But I don't think it's any of that. And here's a screenshot. And there's a screenshot of Sora from the Tangled trailer, and his eyes are blue-green. There's an undeniably green in there. This can't be a new change either, as you'll see. Sora's eyes were all fine in the other trailers. A screenshot of Sora and the uh, first Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, where his eyes are blue. No, this must be intentional. How could Sora's eyes be turning green? Well, what color makes was blue makes green? Yellow. Gold. If this is in fact not just a strange coloring error, his eyes are slowly changing. But this isn't the first time we've seen it. Does anyone remember the screenshot from the second Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer? And then a screenshot of young Xehanort. Young Xehanort's eyes are completely gold. They're pinkish in the middle. This may have even been brown at one point, as Terranorts was in Birth by Sleep. Young Xehanort's eyes currently look like this in the screenshot of 3D Young Xehanort. The sense that the process of the change to gold is slow. Maybe Sora is being engulfed by his own darkness. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hoping for this sort of twist. Same. I mean, yeah. I also do think that it's important to acknowledge the fact that maybe they're also attempting to show the duality of him and Roxas now coexisting because they're clearly trying to do that with the hair. So that could be the eyes as well, where it could just be they want to add some contrast to remind you that Roxas is there too. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. It could be a number of things. Uh, that is, that's actually a really interesting one. But um, I really, I, I think it would be pretty neat if it was uh, more about um, Roxas and Sora's coexisting. Now, here's one of my favorite that I've seen that is going to blow your mind. Okay. This is the Blaine theory. Here we go. So, this vlog. S.I.S. As guys, I just came up with the most mind-blowing revelation. Are you ready? Because here we F and go. So we just got the new artwork of uh, Blaine. We can see what he looks like. And now I think that he looks like a certain character. Young Ericus. Right away, you can tell that the eyes, hair, face have a very similar look to each other. But of course, looks are not the only proof. What else can we point out that might have might be the exact same person? Let's go back to the E3 2015 trailer. The main cutscene in that trailer was young Zaynor and young Ericus playing chess. I'd like to point out the first few lines we hear before we see gameplay. 
from Xehanort. Have you heard of the ancient Keyblade War? From Ericus, yeah. The Master's favorite story. Xehanort. So you heard of the Lost Masters. From Ericus, never heard of them. Xehanort, you can drop the facade. The conversation was simple enough back then, but young Xehanort knew that young Ericus was hiding something with the Lost Masters. Why do you think he was... Why do you... Why would he think that? I can't read. I always thought that this conversation was something more back then, especially when I listened to young... He was hesitant when young Xehanort brought the Lost Masters. You know, if Bane and Ericus are the same person, this conversation between them means something more. I'm guessing that young Xehanort figured out that young Ericus was living or knew more about the Lost Masters and the Keyblade War. That's why he told young Ericus to drop the facade. He knew that young Ericus is more than he looks. Now, I'd like to go more into the theory, like how Blaine changed to Ericus and what became what we know in Breath by Sleep. Um, that's for another post. Wow. I will be surprised if Ericus turns out to be as relevant as Xehanort. I'm not, obviously I'm not super opposed to the theory, other than the fact we have a theory that greatly hinges on that not being the truth. So, <laughs> attempting to set my bias aside, I enjoy Ericus as a character. I think he's pretty underrated. Uh, but we'll also say, I think that that is really somebody trying hard. Your thoughts? Oh, I don't think that's the truth. But um, it, it's uh, almost at 5,000 notes right now. Or, excuse me, 500 notes. So, it's uh, gaining traction. Wow. Well, the more you know. Yeah, it's um, pretty strange. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, um, there's a lot of theories around here. Um. Oh, I just came across one that also revolves around Luxord and uh, Ansem the Wise. Interesting. Whoa! <laughs> I did. Let's see what it says. Uh, uh, Danny, Witch of Light, says, Crazy Kingdom Hearts Theory. Something random has been bugging me throughout the entire Kingdom Hearts series, but I figured, you know what? If Xemnas can turn out to be the 30-year-old version of Apprentice Xehanort, who is the merger of Terra and Master Xehanort, and people had the crack theory a long time ago that was true behind Xemnas and Terra, then why not give a crazy spin to the theory I've had? And also, if time travel is new and an important thing in Kingdom Hearts, then why not try to explain that too? Um... And post it. I don't know what that means. That Luxord, the actual dude who has time powers, is the dude who's allowing Kingdom Hearts or Organization 13 to time travel. He himself is a time traveler, mysterious, but playful in nature to see how everything would play out. But thus far, has a very small role in the theory that we have witnessed so far. Okay. Uh, where did he time travel to originally, though? The present! Yes, Luxord is from the past. 
And as such, due to Kingdom Hearts, times travel rules of there must be a version of you wherever you time travel to. The version of Luxor that exists in the present is Ansem the Wise. What? <laughs> and my proof is compare every detail of their faces and tell me they're not the same person, just <laughs> young and old. <laughs> they have the same hair, ear, shape, lines, same nose, bridge, uh, they have the same eyebrows, same hairlines. Heck, they even have the same beard style. Dude, they, they do have the same beard. That's, that's weird. Um, the only thing that's different is aesthetic choices. Anson the Wise has longer white hair, and Luxord has piercings. Other than that is eye color. But eye color changes for all sorts of reasons in Kingdom Hearts. Not only that is the parallel between Master and Apprentice, the fact that research into the hearts of darkness and uh, everything is started by Ansem. Terranor, uh, Apprentice, merely follows in his footsteps. So where did Ansem get the urge to delve into these secrets of worlds? He's not related to Xehanort in any way. My theory is that Luxord somebody is the original person here way back in the past. Who knows what his real name is. He became a nobody on his own and was picked up by Master Xehanort. Um, however, after being killed by Sora's Luxord, he was sent back to his origins uh, back in the past. And Xehanort states that once he returns to the past or the future, he'll have no memory of his actions. Just like Terranort, he'll have lingering and accessible memories that will drive him towards the path his future self will set him free. Uh, Luxord would be Anson the Wise past self, made into a nobody who traveled to the future. Anson the Wise would have no memory of time spent as Luxord because being upon unnobodied, he would be reborn in time and place. And then it continues to go on. Here's what I'll say about that theory. Is that if that theory was to come true, I think here's how you do it. Young Xehanort travels in the past, gets young Ansem, Luxord is young Ansem. That's how you do it. You don't, I don't think you need all of the extra uh, um, just mess. And if you want to, make him a nobody. But I don't think you need all of the extra jazz. Uh, I'm not opposed to Luxord being a form of Ansem, the wise, but you better explain it quick and well. And you better have a good reason for doing it. Yeah, it's rather different. Yeah. It wouldn't be the most far-fetched thing, honestly. I mean, no. But also, it seems like a Luxord has the ability to manipulate time in the sense of stop it temporarily. So, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So, that's all I got. Uh, I think I want to end it on that note. Yeah. That's a good ending, I think. Thank you. Well, well, there's that. So, any other thoughts, comments, concerns? No, I think, I think it's pretty much it. You? 
good. <laughs> all right. Well, with all those crazy things we left you guys with, um, feel free to email us what you think about our theory on Luxord. And what do you think about Luxord? Yeah. Do you think he is actually handsome, or do you think he's related to handsome? Maybe you don't think either of those. <laughs> Maybe you think we're dumb. Let us know. We would love to hear from you. And email us at the podcast that never was at gmail.com. Yep. I've been Chris. And I've been Paige. Bye. Bye.